So what does it look like to throw off the weights in life that keep us stuck and keep us from moving forward? Welcome to the Celebrate Recovery Podcast, where we acknowledge that the struggle's real, that we do matter to God, and He has the power to help us recover. On today's episode, we're going to hear from Pastor Johnny Baker, and he's going to walk us through the principles of what freedom can look like in our recovery to deal with those weights that keep us stuck in our life. Let's hear from Pastor Johnny Baker. For a lot of us, when we come to recovery for the first time, there's a reason. There's a thing happening in our life, and we're saying, I want freedom from this thing. I think it's important that we always remember that two-thirds of the people who come to Celebrate Recovery don't struggle with drugs and alcohol. And so often we talk about those issues, and in fact, I'm going to talk about it here, but I want you to realize that you may be somebody who goes, I've never taken a drink or drug in my life, and yet there may be something that you need to find freedom over. There may be something, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a type of relationship, You choose toxic person after toxic person. Maybe there's an ongoing battle in a relationship. It could be something in your mind, a a hang-up that you can't run through. Maybe you're tired of pain from your past, like Jenny talked about yesterday. Maybe it was something done to you or something that you did, and you're trying to move forward. What I found is the thing that brought me to recovery 18 years ago was alcohol, And I desperately wanted freedom from alcohol. And I want and I need to stay sober, but if I'm honest, I don't focus on my alcoholism when I'm in step study and when I'm in open share these days. It's been years since I've been triggered to desire a drink. I know, maybe even stronger than ever, that I can't do that ever again. And that as soon as I start thinking I can, I'm headed towards a fall. It's just that I began focusing on other issues. I began digging deeper into things in my life that were causing me to act in those ways. I became focused on my people pleasing. I began being focused on, as I shared yesterday, my depression. And what I realized is that when I remain sober, I have the ability to work on these core issues, these deeper issues in my life. We often talk about the metaphor of peeling the onion, the idea that you want to, you start with the thing that's causing you pain and you get deeper and deeper and deeper to the core issue. The thing about an onion is there's not a core in it. Have you ever noticed that? You cut an an onion, once you stop crying, you open it and there's like, there's just a hole in the middle. The, The difference with us is that when we work on our issues, when we continue in recovery, we can dig deeper into our lives to get to those core issues, those things that cause us to act out in the way that we act out. These are the things that are the, the, the causes, not the symptoms. There are disappointments, our failures. They're the things that, that over time we begin to believe about ourselves. They're the stories that you say. I don't know about you, but I talk to myself in a way that I wouldn't talk to my worst enemy. Anybody else have that inner monologue? And when you blow it, oh man, nobody's ever blown it as bad as you. Nobody's ever hurt anybody as bad as you. Nobody's ever been as bad as you. And that that shame builds up. I began to see that as a core issue in my life. And I began to work on those issues. 
See, what we do when we come to recovery is we don't just want to find sobriety. Sobriety is a part of it. But we want to find freedom. We want to find healing. We want to get to the place where we can run our race unhindered. Many of you know, back in December of 1999, I was arrested for a DUI. It was a few days before Christmas. I went out with some friends to celebrate my birthday. And uh, after a night of drinking, I decided to make the very short drive home. Many nights I had stayed on my friend's couch and stayed and, and slept it off, but this night I decided I want to be home in the morning so close to Christmas, and so I made the short drive home. It was 3 a.m. I was pulled over because it was me and police cars on the road. <laughs> I was given the field sobriety test, the breathalyzer, and I failed. I went to jail. And this was a glaring moment in my life. It was a neon sign pointing that things were out of control in my life. And I'd love to say that in that moment, I saw that sign and said, it's time for a change. But I didn't. I found things to justify my actions. I looked at different situations and things. I, I blamed it up to the, the cops, or I, I blamed the cops who pulled me over. I chalked it up to bad luck. As part of my punishment for this, I was uh, required to attend alcohol education classes. And I remember laughing on my way to this class because I was like, I think I know a lot about alcohol. That's what got me in the problem. But I, I, knew, I knew what they were really for. But humor is a defense mechanism for me. That's maybe core issue number two. I do, I do remember sitting in that group going, do these guys know who my parents are? Like, I get it, right? I know. You're not going to tell me anything I don't know. But something happened in one of those meetings that I'll never forget. A speaker was brought in, and the speaker said that the moment they admitted they were an alcoholic was the most freeing moment of their life because it meant they never had to drink again. I have to be honest, in that moment, as a not-alcoholic, right, I remember thinking, there's no freedom there. Because the minute I admit I'm alcoholic means I can never drink again. I didn't understand what freedom meant. I thought freedom meant I could do whatever I wanted. I thought freedom meant I could go drink and party and do the things I was doing. It didn't feel like freedom to not do those things. It took me a long time to get there. It took me a long time until I was made aware of what that was. I mean, okay, sure, I was hiding my drinking from my wife and my family. Yes, okay, I had to lie to cover things up, and I, I, I was, you know, hiding my true self and, and feeling afraid all the time. But that's freedom, right? That's the good stuff. <laughs> but I remember this moment when Jenny got pregnant with our oldest daughter that I finally learned that lesson. I finally learned that it was time for me to get some help. So when Jenny got pregnant with our oldest daughter, I knew I needed to change, and I knew how to because I'd watched it with my parents and so many others at our church. I'd experienced recovery as a teenager, but then my core issue of shame picked up, and I said, I can't go there. What will people think of my parents? I was afraid that my parents would feel badly, like what? we couldn't even, that people would look at them, and they'd say, you couldn't even keep your own son from this. Now, I have to be very clear here. My parents never made me feel that way. They expressed the complete opposite. Because this is a core issue, it was something that was in me. See, I was thinking if I didn't go, I'd protect them. But really what I was doing was I was protecting myself. Because I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed that I'd grown up in this recovery household and that I'd done it anyway. And so I gave myself this out. Oh, I don't want to make my parents embarrassed. But really, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I was afraid that people would look at me sideways 
that they say things to me, they judge me. And so for the first few months of recovery, I just white knuckled it. I just didn't drink. Anybody else ever try that? You walk around all day, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. This is so good, I'm having such a good time. Don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. And I remember one night, I was so sure that I was gonna get better on my own that I saved a nice bottle of wine that somebody had given us as a gift. Yeah, because I figured if after a few months of this, I'd get to the point where I could drink like a normal person, right? I mean, that's a thing. I've seen people do it. I don't understand them at all, but I've seen them do it. And I thought, I'll just, you know, I'll get a little better and I'll get to the place where I can do that. And I remember one night it was really hot. I was taking the trash out and I was loaded the trash. Don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. Open the dumpster at our complex. Don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. And I thought, there's that wine in the house. And I knew in that moment it had to go. And I was telling one of my friends this story, he's not in recovery, and he said, that doesn't sound like recovery to me. <laughs> and it was in this conversation that I was telling him all of the reasons that if this happened in my life, nobody would judge me if I started drinking again. And he said, Johnny, you're giving yourself escape routes. And so that's when I began attending Celebrate Recovery. And I remember coming to my first meeting and saying the words, my name is Johnny, I'm a believer who struggles with alcoholism. And I was met with warmth and kindness from the men in my group, most of them. <laughs> yes, we clap for the guys who did. I do need to say this, there were a few people who did not give me a lot of warmth when I showed up. A few people went out of their way to tell me the times they'd either heard of me drinking or seen me drinking, and how sorry they were for my parents that I was doing that. <sighs> Thank you so much for that, right? I, that was so painful, but I have to say, we know that God uses all things for his good. And God has used that for good. Because now, all these years later, when I meet with a staff person or a staff kid who is coming to recovery, I know not to do that. I know to just to say, I'm so glad you're here. And to welcome them there. But so there were some rough moments in that, but most of what I received was kindness, was people saying they were, they were glad I was there. Some people said, finally, when I walked in the room. <laughs> but even though it had been a long time since my last drink, I was finally entering recovery. I was finally finding freedom. When we talk about recovery, we often say in Celebrate Recovery, we find freedom from our hurts, hangups, and habits. For a long time, I tried to figure out if somebody asked me what Celebrate Recovery is, what I would say to them. It actually happened in the elevator at our hotel. A bunch of us were in the lobby. We all had our shirts on. We were going up the hotel. A bunch of people got out. It was me and one other guy, and he said, um, what is Celebrate Recovery? Now, I'm the pastor of the ministry, and I went, uh, right? Because there's that moment. <laughs> there's that moment where you're like, I have to say words now <laughs> that might make this guy go door open, right? And so I said, it's a place where we find freedom from our hurts, hangups, and habits. And he was like, oh, that's cool, right? And so it's just, we didn't, there was no more conversation about it. We didn't get into it, but that's a really good definition of what it is that we're looking for here. I want freedom from the, key, the things that are keeping me stuck. And I want you to find freedom from the things that are keeping you stuck. In Hebrews 12.1, I love this language. The, writers, or the writer of Hebrews says this, therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Pay attention to the words hinders and entangles. All of us have things that hinder us and entangle us. Jenny talked about this yesterday. We all have things in our life that hold us back, that keep us stuck. When I think of this verse, I think of Olympic sprinting. I love the Olympics. It's, it, the Summer Olympics are one of my favorite times, and the sprinting events are so fun because I look at those men and women, and they're in a shape I just don't understand, right? They're pure muscle. They've, they're, they're just, they've got these space-age suits on. Millions of dollars of research have gone into their shoes. They've sacrificed delicious food to be here. They've sacrificed time with family and friends. They do a gross thing called running to get in shape, and they're just so ready. And you know, when you watch an Olympic sprinter get, in the bright, get ready for the race, they don't just stand there, right? They don't just go, oh, time, let's go, right? They're, they, they're moving around. They often like shake their legs out, and then they do this. A lot of them will do this. And when they do that, they're getting ready to run their race. Now imagine if they're standing there ready to get in the blocks, and as they started, somebody came up and they wrapped chains around their legs and then secured those chains to the blocks. And at the same time, another person came up and put a backpack on them, and in the backpack was a parachute. Have you seen those backpack parachutes that runners will use? They run and it creates more wind resistance. When they got into the blocks and they started to run, the chains would trip them. They wouldn't get very far. And even if they could somehow manage to run, they'd be weighed down by the weight of the chains. And eventually that backpack, that parachute would fill up and they'd have extra resistance and they wouldn't be able to run as fast and as far as they could without it. That's what this verse is saying. We all have chains that are wrapped around us. Those are our sins. Those are the sins that entangle us. We put those chains around us. We choose them. And listen, sin is fun. If it wasn't, we wouldn't do it. And so often we choose the things that feel like freedom. And as we choose these things, we're wrapping ourselves in chains. Man, it's so fun getting out to do these things. Man, I can't believe I get to live this life. This is the good life as you're wrapping a chain around yourself and securing it to the starting block. And I picture that, that parachute, the things that hinder us, those are the pains that we've experienced in our lives. Somebody put that on us. Or we allowed that to be put on us. Or we put that on ourselves because we thought something about ourselves. So we're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, Pastor Johnny Baker is going to give us some practical steps of what that looks like to throw off those things that hinder us. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a Celebrate Recovery group near you? We have thousands of Celebrate Recovery groups across the globe. To find a group near you, simply go to CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash CRGroups. So we've been listening to Pastor Johnny Baker of Celebrate Recovery, and he's been walking us through what a life of freedom looks like in our life. Let's continue to listen as he helps us to throw off those chains and walk deeper in our recovery. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is that if you want to run a race, you have to throw those things off. You have to get rid of them, get off of them, get it off your body. So the next time you're watching a sprinter run, 
and you see him shaking his legs out, picture shaking chains off. When he does this, picture taking that backpack off. If you're in a place where you feel stuck, sometimes I need to do something in my body. Anybody else that you got to move sometimes? Next time, if you're feeling stuck, man, take that backpack off. Shake those chains off. And then picture throwing them away. The Bible uses this language all the time. Throw away, cast away, put it away. Now, we know we don't do this on our own power. I'm not saying that you're going to get your own bolt cutters out and take a, break these locks. That power comes from Jesus. It comes in a relationship with him. But he has given you that power. He's saying, I want you to be free. And when you throw them off, you're not putting them aside. I'll come back to this later. You're throwing them at the foot of the cross. You're saying, you paid for these things. Take them. They're yours. Take them. And when you start to feel somebody come up behind you with a backpack, shrug that thing off. That's not getting on me. I'm finding freedom. When you start to walk yourself into a room and you see some chains on the ground, you got to turn around and go the other way. I'm not putting those things on me anymore. Now, I don't know what those things are for you. They look different for all of us. But we have to make this choice to pursue freedom. We have to make the choice that that's what we want the most. We want freedom more than anything. Because when we have freedom, what we find is the freedom to not do the things that cause us pain. We find the freedom to not do the things that cause other people pain. And we're able to get rid of that stuff and then walk into or run into the race that God has set before us. Each of us has a particular race in our lives. They don't always look the same, but we all have a race to run. I want the freedom to run. So if we want freedom, we can't just stay on the surface of our recovery. We need to dig deeper. It's why so many of us stay in step study year after year after year. You ever meet somebody that's like, why did you do a second one? And you're like, why didn't you, right? You're kind of like. <clears throat> and listen, I'm not saying that you have to be in step study for your entire life. I know a lot of people, they come to recovery, they spend a year in a step study, and they walk out and they go, I'm, I'm feeling good. Me personally, I'm a pretty messed up person. There's a lot of layers in my onion. And I want to get to the place where when I start to feel a chain, I shake that thing off. When I start to feel that backpack being slipped back on, because the truth is, I can put that backpack on myself pretty quick. And so when we start to see the things that hinder us, the things that entangle us, we need to find freedom. How do we do this? Like I said, we deal with the core issues. Have the courage to deal with the core issue. You might need more than a step study. You might need counseling. Seek counseling. There is power in a step study. There's power in open share group. But there's also power in one-on-one -on -one counseling or couples counseling. We talked about this in our panel yesterday. One of our guidelines in Celebrate Recovery is that we're here to support one another, not fix one another. That even if you're a licensed therapist in your circle, no, you're not. In a circle, no, you're not. You're, you're just attending or you're facilitating that group. But when I go to my group, I'm not getting advice from other people. I get to share, and I love that. I, I love getting to share for three to five minutes and nobody interrupting me. I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world because I don't get that anywhere else. 
I don't get it anywhere else. She's over there raising her hand, I give it to you, please. I don't give it to her either though, so it's not fair. A couple days ago, I was interrupted during a share, and I said, hey, no crosstalk, please. And the guy said, I just want to know if you wanted fries, sir. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> but whatever it is in your life, I want you to pursue freedom. And so you may need a therapist to help you with that. You may need a therapist and a couples therapist, right? You might need some help. Take the, get the help that you need. You're already here. So take the steps that you need to find freedom. Make it the goal. I want freedom so I can run the race that Jesus has set out before me, and nothing's going to trip me up. Because guess what happens sometimes in races? Hurdles. If, you don't, if you're not free, you can't jump over those hurdles, because I guarantee you hurdles are going to come up in our race. But Jesus wants us to be free so that we can run. I wish it was easy to just say, here's your core issue, here's your core issue. Some of you think you're pretty good at that, right? Like, I know everybody's core issue, and I'm like, I know yours. And so, <laughs> but here's, here's the goal. Jesus said in John 8, 36, that if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. And I love what we read in Galatians. Galatians 5, 1 says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And listen, stand firm then, and then do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. If you're somebody who's been in recovery for a while, and as I've been sharing, you're like, Johnny, I found freedom. I'm good. Awesome. Keep going. Keep going. And if you start to find yourself slowing down or getting tangled up, dig deeper. If you're somebody who's here today or you're watching online, and you're like, I'm so glad I don't need that. I'm so free. Awesome. Tell me your secrets. Because I think we all have issues that we could stand to bring in the light of what Jesus has done for us. And as you go down this road, if you start to find yourself sliding into an old behavior, because we will, we'll make mistakes. The goal is that it's not that I'm never going to do a bad thing ever again. Like Jenny said yesterday, it's about having a quicker reaction when I realize what I'm doing. And so when you start to see that, or if a new thing starts coming up in your life, this new yoke of slavery starts happening in your life. Pursue freedom. Have the courage, as somebody who's been in recovery a long time, to share in your group, there's a new thing in my life I need your help with. Have the courage, as a ministry leader or a pastor, to tell your people how you're hurting. It's not easy, I get it. But you will find people who want to love you, who want to hold you up and support you, who will make you better. And if your leader comes to you and says, I'm hurting and I'm struggling, man, your support makes all the world to them. As we go down this road of recovery, as the chains of our sins wrap around us, as the backpack that hinders us, gets on us. Give those things to Jesus. Like I said, he's already paid for them. So they're his. Give them to him. But don't just give them. You ever give somebody something that you actually kind of wanted to keep for yourself? 
And you're kind of like, there's like that little moment of tug of war, and you're like, okay, fine, I said it was yours, right? Maybe they'll re-gift it later and they'll forget. Don't, don't hold on to that chain. As Jesus pulls it, don't, don't hold on to the link and go, can I keep this link? I like this one, because that link will grow. And as we find freedom, we're gonna grow, we're gonna change, and we're gonna run a race that's also going to encourage other people to run their race. And that will encourage other people to run their race. And we're gonna see our families change. And we're gonna see our churches change. And we'll see our communities change. And we'll see our world change. It starts with you. It starts with us. Well, thanks for joining us today. Hey, remember this, that no matter what you're facing, you're never alone. And you too can find healing and freedom from your hurts, hangups, and habits. We hope you'll join us next time. 